0: Welcome to Top Stories, your regular delve into the past, courtesy of the Bugle podcast telling you what was the most important thing in the world when it happened. I'm Andy Zaltzman. Let's go back to June 2009 now, and Prime Minister Gordon Brown was having a bit of a nightmare. Cabinet resignations were coming in thick and fast, as I recorded issue 77 of The Bugle with John Oliver.
1: Top story this week, putting the owl in Gordon Brown. The Prime Minister of Britain, Andy, as you well know, is teetering on the brink of losing his job. This truly has been one of the worst imaginable weeks for Gordon Brown. Sure, it could have been slightly worse, perhaps. A tornado could have swept across Britain, demolishing the entire country to the floor. But at least that would have rallied the British public behind their leader. (laughs) Except, even then, it would probably have turned out that it was somehow meteorologically his fault. The man is cursed. and did he piss off a gypsy lady on, on the way to his first day at work as Prime Minister? Because what's happened to him cannot surely just be summed up merely by professional incompetence. <laughs> He's like a Buster Keaton film. Everything around him is falling down and
0: he just looks serenely bemused. Well, I've got a joke for you, uh, John. What do no. you get when four Cabinet Ministers resign in the space of a week? What? A Cabinet reshuffle. Is this on? Yeah, I I think it's on. I I mean, I heard all of that. Thought that deserved more. Yeah. Anyway. But we are in a state of political upheaval, as you say, John. The Labour government has not merely been shooting itself in the foot. It's been machine-gunning its entire lower legs from point-blank range. The Cabinet has had a very nasty dose of the quits. Uh, I think it ate a dodgy (laughs) opinion poll last week and it's gone right through them. It's been uh, like a game of resignation bingo, John. Eyes down, and our first Cabinet Minister to go is leaving forthwith. It's Jackie Smith, the on-her-way Home Secretary. And next out, the redhead whose political career is all but dead. Expenses smears mean she's out on her ears. One short lady, Hazel Blears, the released-back-into-the-community Secretary. And next out, it's been perks and tensions for the Work and Pension Secretary. He couldn't keep an internal or wait to publish his journal. Hell, it's James Purnell! <laughs> and next to go, he's not sitting on the fence, even though he's been in charge of defence. pushing the eject button, it's little Johnny Hutton! Bingo! Well, you
1: enjoyed that. I think that was... <laughs> Satire. That, that I'm so tired now. That's audibly I'm obvious. I'm so tired. Three cabinet members uh, resigned in three days, increasing calls for the Prime Minister himself to step down. Uh, Jackie Smith, of course, she was the one who accidentally claimed for two pornographic films for her husband. And that story is still funny. (laughs) Not only did he get his wife into trouble, but he's now lost her job, and may even contribute to a change in government. I really hope that whittle was worth it. (laughs) It may have been one of the most politically dramatic whittles ever whittled. Maybe it was intentional. Maybe as he sat on the sofa with his trouserless legs illuminated (laughs) by the flickerings on the TV screen. He thought to himself, this one's for you, Prime Minister. (laughs) It was like an act of masturbatory terrorism. Shades of George Washington all over (laughs) (laughs) The most recent minister, James Purnell, the Work
0: and Pension Secretary, as you so rhymingly Uh, put it. He's not most recent, John. You're not up with the programme. Hutton's gone since then. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: What? Since I went to bed <laughs> yeah. last night, yeah. another one bites the dust, so are you getting your phone finger out? Well, I am. Purnell said it was time for Gordon Brown to step aside and send a letter to him explaining that, and I quote, I now believe your continued leadership makes a Conservative victory more, not less likely. That would be disastrous for our country. I mean, this wouldn't be a complete disaster for Gordon Brown were it not for the fact that instead of mailing the letter to Gordon Brown, the traditional private way, he had it published in the National Newspaper. <laughs> I suppose he was just trying to save money on postage, Andy. <laughs> yeah. We are we are in a recession, after all. That's right. And this way, grapple. he doesn't send it at the taxpayer's expense. <laughs> it's not self-serving. It's frugal. Plus, he can be sure that it doesn't get lost in the post. It's not
0: disloyal. It's the height of responsibility. <laughs> well, I send all my letters via uh, the front page of uh, national newspapers these there days. You. Yeah, <laughs> even thank you letters. <laughs> Dear Mum and Dad, thanks for lunch on Sunday. It was great to see you looking so well. <laughs> More inside. Yeah, pages two to eight. <laughs> it has been like rats
1: jumping off a sinking ship this, Andy. Uh, they're, they're still going to drown, but I suppose this way at least it's
0: on their terms. <laughs> Jackie Smith stepped down but did endorse Brown's uh, leadership. Hazel Blears left and notably did not back the Prime Minister. And then Pernell, well, he absolutely quat himself, John. He called publicly for Brown to step down just to give the Labour Party at least a snowball's chance in a particularly toasty day in hell of winning the next election. And then to cap it all, just uh, just this morning uh, on Friday as we record, uh, John Hutton said he now preferred spending time with his family to top-level politics. Although if you didn't prefer that nowadays, you would have to have an extremely low-caliber family. <laughs> And in the midst of all this, John, we've had the local and European elections uh, on Thursday, at uh, which it appears almost no-one voted for the government. Right. But then again, almost no-one voted for anyone. (laughs) Because, frankly, I think the British public's attitude towards democracy now has become so disillusioned as to be essentially, if we ignore it, maybe it will go away. So, um, where does this leave the government? I guess that's the question. Well, frankly, it's... Uh, and they could get Britain out of a recession in a month. They could win another war against Germany. And, frankly, yep. people would still want them out. Because the British public, John, when judging its politicians now, is not likely to garner its evidence from, for example, politics, because it's boring and complicated. So it's much easier to take your judgments based on easily digestible maximum five-word newspaper headlines. Yes. And that... It is easier, Andy. You have to give that to the British. It is easier than actually thinking about the issues. A Prime Minister's questions. Gordon Brown could not have been any more of a sitting duck if he dressed as a mallard, filled the floor of the House of Commons with water, paddled to the dispatch box, quacked, laid an egg, eaten some stale bread, painted a target on his chest, handed a loaded crossbow to David Cameron, (laughs) told him how to aim it and fire it, then nailed his ass to his seat on the front bench and said, go on, but please make it quick. (laughs) And yet David Cameron's performance was, frankly, a dismal indictment of the entirety of British politics. It was... Pathetic from soup to nuts. All he did was say, can we have our general election now? Oh please, I want a general election. He effectively said nothing, John, and he said it over and over again. <laughs> but I guess from the Conservatives' point of view, why change a non losing formula? This is a competition in British politics at the moment to have the least negative popularity and the Conservatives are happy to sit on their currents. Lack of antipathy. As if by engaging in debate, they might break the magic spell that has them heading towards a landslide of almost Kim Jong-il proportions, even though people really don't like them. I think it must have been a solid month now since Cameron last opened his mouth without saying, we need a general election. I think his wife must be getting really bored of it. David, would you like Rice Krispies or Cocoa Pots for breakfast? Uh, I want a general election, please. Oh, I'm not going to the supermarket again. Go on, have Cocoa Pops. There's a free little plastic transformer in the packet. Wow, <laughs> ah, I want a general election. <laughs> I'm not eating Cocoa Pops.
1: Business Secretary Lord Mandelson has urged Labour MPs to rally behind the Prime Minister whilst acknowledging that they are in, as he put it, a grumbly mood. <laughs> grumbly mood? And they're close to dragging Gordon Brown through the street of London on the back of a horse. I think we passed grumbly about six months ago. (laughs) Isn't this why fixed-term elections, Andy, would be a good idea? To stop exactly this bleating of, I want one, I want one. (laughs) Because whilst America may have flaws in its flamboyant democracy, and its elections may be spread over a long time, what we spread over a long time is people wanting elections.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but the only people who want elections... Are the people who are going to be elected? Yeah, this is the problem. It's not democracy, Andy. <laughs> I tell you who I blame, John. I don't. I don't even blame the politicians. I think they've inherited a system that's been yeah. sick for ages. It's yeah. been coughing up some pretty unhealthy-looking democratic phlegm for years, yeah. and we've just chosen to ignore it. Only recently, someone's looked in its handkerchief and realised that it should have been hospitalised decades ago. <laughs> I don't even blame the people, John. You know, right. that we're not that interested. You know, yeah. as a nation, clearly recent evidence has shown that an unusual-looking woman singing quite well. It will always be less boring than a man in a suit talking about fishing quotas. Yeah. I guess that's human nature. I blame the ancient Greeks, John, <laughs> yeah. because they puked this democracy idea into the public domain. And it's times like this, John, that you just wish the Persians had put in a few extra days on the training field before losing to Leonidas and his 300 teammates at Thermopylae. There you go, you've used your degree. <laughs> that's
1: right, Yay! It happened. It happened, Andy.
0: It's worth it. Thank you for listening to Top Stories. There will be more Top Stories tomorrow and yesterday and right now, depending on where and when you listen to them. They're all out there. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth, Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss